Please remain standing and take your Bibles. And we're going to turn to Psalm 122. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take about any sign I can get to let us know we're on the right track. Psalm 122, it's on the screen if you need it, or you can refer to it in your own personal Bible. Nine verses in this song. Let's read them responsively. I'll read the the first verse and uh, invite you to read every alternate verse thereafter. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Father, we thank you for your word and uh, we pray that we would, uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, receive your word in our hearts and just be spurred on to love and good works for the honour and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This is, we're on a roll from Thursday night. We were in Psalm 121, if you were here. And that has led us on to Psalm 122. Thankful for a little confirmation that we are where we need to be. Um, yeah, the Lord really helped us on Thursday night. I know that not everybody is able to make out on a Thursday night due to work commitments or whatever. But um, and and it's Thursday night's not always easy because you know you're tired. And uh, it's funny how it's easier to go to church in the morning than it is in the evening because you're more spiritually fresh. There's been less sins of the day built up, less frustrations, less challenges, potential discouragements, spiritual warfare and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, Thursday nights can be challenging. Um, but I tell you, God was here on Thursday night. Amen. God was in the house. And Oh man, he that keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's not tired, he doesn't wear out. And um, yeah, it was wonderful. I got to the end of Psalm, Psalm 121 and the Litchfields were here. I asked the Lord twice when I saw them, does, does Pastor Don need to sing? Nothing from the Holy Spirit. Of course, I'm not familiar with the songs that he sings. I can remember some of them, but I don't like have like this exhaustive list of his songs in my brain. When I read the last sentence in the devotional, that's when the Holy Spirit was like, hey, Mr. I lift my eyes unto the hills is sitting right here. And I was, I was, I just wept before the Lord because I knew God was in it all and God was here. It was a great time. So we're kind of on this roll 
um, from, from Thursday. And um, I just kind of felt led again just to, just to move on to the next psalm. These are, they're called songs of ascents in the Bible because they were, they're songs that they used to sing when they made their pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. It's an ascent, isn't it? If you've been, hands up, if you've been to Jerusalem. And uh, it's, it's, uh, that's why anytime you leave Jerusalem, you go, you go down. Like we read in our memory verse, Peter went down also to the saints which were at Lydia. Lydda. Yes, downhill from, from Jerusalem. Um, so, so songs of ascent, they're, they're, they're making this pilgrimage. They're ascending to, uh, to go there and fulfill their annual obligations to gather before the Lord and to worship him. But uh, the, the striking verse in Psalm 122, of course, is the first one. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And um, with honor and respect, I've got various comments that I want to make about this. But um, with honor and respect to, uh, to Reverend Spurgeon, I'm just going to go ahead and read this short two paragraphs because... This guy's just like a poet. I mean, they called him the Prince of Preachers for, for a reason, you know. It's amazing the grace of God that's just on certain people and even certain ministers that over the centuries have been recognized by the majority of the church, different denominations and everything is having a special grace in their life. Good children are pleased to go home and glad to hear their brothers and sisters call them to return to their house. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David loved the worship of God and he was, del and he was delighted. Others invited him to go where his desires had already gone. <clears throat> the word from these calling to David was not go, but let us go. So he found double joy in it. He was glad for the sake of others, glad that they wished to go themselves, glad they had the courage and concern to invite others. Mr. Evangelist dropping a little hint there. Um, he knew this would do them good. Nothing better can happen to people and their friends than to love the place where God is honored. What a great day it will be when many people will say, quote, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. Micah 4.2 David was also glad for his own sake. He loved the invitation to the holy place. He delighted in being called to go to worship. Some might have said, mind your own business, but not King David. He was not teased, but pleased Amen. by being pressed to attend holy services. He was glad to go into the house of the Lord, glad to go into holy company, glad to find good men and women willing to fellowship with him. He may have been sad before, but this invitation made him glad. He was pleased at the very mention of his father's house. Amen. Hallelujah. Are we 
like him. I just want to give you five reasons for why we may not be glad uh, to go to the house of the Lord. First of all, we may not be glad when people say to us, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because despite of the fact that there is a burning desire inside of us to go to the house of the Lord, we are not physically able to do that. You know, there are people who want to be in this room right now. But for reasons outside of their control, they are not physically able to do that. And that is, it can be a discouraging thing for some people. Uh, praise God for, for video links. Everyone say hi to uh, the Martins on YouTube. Hi, Martins. We love you. God bless you. Um, it's the next best thing, but it's never the same, is it? True. I was sure uh, several months ago when I was sick, I was sitting on my sofa with uh, Jerry Richardson right there on my 55-inch flat-screen TV. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It's like, there's a huge Jerry Richardson in my living room. And it was great just to, I mean, if you can't make it to church, at least redeem the time. Like, I couldn't trust myself. If I didn't switch that on, I couldn't trust myself not to maybe waste the time or cut my fingernails or find some other way to potter around the house when I could have been tuned into something redemptive. I'm going to hear him preach. I'm going to hear people sing and praise the Lord. So it's a good second option, but of course, it's never the same. We want to, we want to be there. Um, but uh, we want to look people in the eyes, shake their hands, be able to obey the Holy Spirit in the sanctuary if God would so call us. Um, but we need to be sensitive to the needs of people who physically cannot come, um, especially in non-infectious situations, sensitive to the possibility of visiting them and taking church to them. You know, we owe that. If we get the privilege of being here because of the grace of God, because our bodies can get us here, we need to be sensitive to the needs of people who cannot. And that's what I appreciate about Northwood, doing that Northwood service is that some of those saints, and you see the light of God in their face, they can't get out. They, they're not driving anymore for whatever reason. So we need to be, I believe we owe that to our brothers and sisters in Christ to search them out. Whether it's just a phone call, uh, maybe not... Everybody's like disabled long term, but somebody might just be out of commission for a couple of weeks, you know what I mean? And just to be safe. So that one reason why some people may not be glad because they know, oh, God help me. There's just no way I can do that. Second reason for why people may not be glad um, when they're invited uh, or the call comes to, to come to the house of the Lord is because they are believing the devil the father of lies, the enemy of their souls, who would try and pull off any ploy or trick to rob them of a blessing and the rightful inheritance of the children of God. Um, of course, I couldn't even attempt to, uh, to, to match the devil's creativity and, and lies that he would uh, forge to keep us back from being where God wants us to be. But um, how about this one? Have you ever heard this one? 
it's just going to be the same old, same old boring stuff. You know what happens? You go along there, sing a few songs, Pastor Nicky's going to preach, and then you go home. You already know what's going to happen. You ever heard that lie before? I'm just naming it for what it is. So it'll be more obvious next time you hear it. You do not know what is going to happen when the saints of God gather together. I had no idea what was going to happen on Thursday night. I had no idea. The devil, and the devil works in that way, not just in the area of coming to the house of the Lord, but I find him working that way in multiple areas. Whether it's, whether it's maybe like a social invitation and your flesh is like, oh, no, I don't want to have anything to do with that. But the Holy Spirit's like, uh-uh, I've got an appointment. But the devil's like, you know what's going to happen there. It's going to go like this. It's going to go like that. This person's going to say this, this. You don't know. We don't know anything about what's going to happen. We may be able to anticipate things. Oh, I've been in this situation before. I've seen that. No, we really don't know what is going to make or break a moment. And we need to take our cues from the Holy Spirit and from dependence upon the Lord Almighty and not the interference of uh, fuzzy thoughts. Um, okay, it's going to be the same old, same old. How about this? Um, you don't have the energy to make it to church. Now, that could be true. That could be true. Um, if you don't have the energy um, to, to walk out the door and into your car and to walk from your car to the pew and sit in a pew, then you don't have the energy to go to church. But I'm also guessing you probably don't have the energy to go to the store. You probably don't have the energy to do much else rather than get in bed and stay there. Now, granted, that can be true for people. Um, I found with myself as a human being that I catch myself red-handed when I have reasons for doing things, there's not a consistency between my stated reasons and the other things I'm doing. I thank God that most of the time, my children aren't intelligent enough to catch me red-handed in it. Because they might catch me red-handed in it a lot more often than they ought. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Adults and their excuses. Yes. They don't cross-match. They don't add up unless we let God help us. So, yeah, could be a valid reason, but, you know, again, the devil wants to work and, and to get away. Um, here's another one. Don't go to church. You can't take it when the fifth person in a row asks you about such and such a situation. Yeah. <laughs> now, the devil likes to use valid things that have a degree that's the best lies always have a degree of truth in them don't they mm -hmm. it can be very very difficult it can be one of the difficult things about going to the house of the lord is to have the fifth person in a row ask you <coughs> how you're doing when you've been chronically sick for a year or 10 or whatever you know or to have the fifth person in the row ask you about such and such a family situation that you asked for prayer for last week, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just one of those things of being in a group. And it is a lie when the devil tells you can't take it. By God's grace, you can take it. Mm -hmm. We're not just here 
for ourselves. We're here to lay down our lives for other people. And sometimes you just need to let other people to, to do that. Just like uh, Brother Payne in West Virginia when his wife tragically committed suicide and Esther tried to protect him. I'll make sure nobody can get to you, Daddy. He's like, no, let them come. Amen. They need it. Let them come. So God can help us. But the second reason why we might not be glad doesn't mean we're bad people. <laughs> but we could be, un uh, unknowing to us, we could be believing the devil. And we just need to trust Jesus to help us. Third reason why we might not be glad when people say to us, let us go to the house of the Lord, is because we have an interpersonal situation going on with someone else that's going to be there. That's a reason for why we might not be glad to go to the house of the Lord. Now, it could be a fellow, um, I'm going to use these kind of human terms, uh, it could be a fellow layperson, or it could be someone in leadership, or even the preacher that you have an issue with, that means that when somebody says to you, let's go to the house of the Lord, you're not glad. Um, Matthew 5, 24, we all know what it says, but um, if you have an issue. What does the previous verse say, Nick? I should have misquoted that. 5.23. You don't have it there? Leave thy gift. Uh, leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. I believe the previous <coughs> verse, if you have your Bible open, you can... In fact, does anybody have... Can anyone read this 23? You have a against your brother, something like that. No, it doesn't say that. No. Number... if your brother has all against you. That's how we serve and lay down our lives for others. Um, hey, we're all, we all have struggles with people at times, don't we? And it's an act of service. Even if you don't have anything against someone, if you find out that they have something against you, find, find a path of reconciliation as, a, as an act of service and love to them. Um, but, um, yeah, one reason why we might not be glad to the house of the Lord is because there's an interpersonal situation going on. People, that is an emergency. That is a first priority issue. If you have anything between you, really, and anyone, but it's obviously anyone in this room, and um, I'm sure there's nothing like that going on right now, but if there is, I would, I would plead with you for, for your sake and for the sake of Christ to... Um, to figure out a way of humbling yourself and, and being reconciled. Um, uh, some people are not glad when they're invited to the house of the Lord because they have an issue with, with the preacher. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, the preacher's just a human being, right? Um, <clears throat> but um, there, there can be... Um, I don't think I'm going to get into that right now. Fourth reason why we may not be glad as David was and even as we should be and even as I'm sure it is in our hearts as spirit-filled followers of Jesus. But there are reasons at times where we may not be glad when people say to us, let's go to the house of the Lord. Um, there may be negative issues in general going on with that group. Local fellowships can get into areas in times of darkness I mentioned already one-on-one -on -one interpersonal reasons, but there can be issues in any church group that are 
kind of out of sync, kind of out of whack, not with the spirit of God. And it just creates a kind of heaviness, a kind of uh, some kind of negativity by which we're not really excited to go to the house of the Lord. And in, in Psalm 122, in verse 6, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So if we could take Jerusalem as the place, in this case, where people go to worship, um, where the service of the Lord is, and we could kind of project that. I, I'm very wary about spiritualizing and making parallelisms. I think our first re responsibility is to take the word of the Lord for what it says. Um, but to extract and project a little bit, we need to pray for the peace, the unity of the church of Jesus Christ, and in particular for our own local fellowship. We need to pray for that. And it says, they shall prosper that love thee. Love is a laying down of our lives. And there are times when it may, we may not feel as glad to go to the house of the Lord as what we could or ought to be. And there may be valid things out of kilter, but God still calls us to carry that burden, to lay down our lives, to trust and to pray, and to be courageous to see those situations redressed so that we can be glad and we can all be glad when people say, let us go to the house of the Lord. It says, they shall prosper that love thee, that lay down their, their lives for the church of Jesus Christ. They shall prosper. Uh, later in verse 9, uh, it says, because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. I will seek thy good. So that may be a fourth reason why someone might not be glad uh, when someone says, let us go to the house of the Lord. The fifth and final reason that I thought of, there may be others, just want to throw some things out there in general, is that um, it, may, it, may, it may be that we are um, backslidden or somehow not right with the Lord. And we don't want to go and be amongst a bunch of people that are fired up about Jesus. And different ones of us have experienced times like that in our lives. Um, I remember early in my knowledge of Jesus, um, getting into some situations in life that just kind of quenched the fire of the spirit within me. And I remember um, uh, <coughs> Pastor Schultz coming to pick me up at the airport for the uh, year 2000 uh, youth retreat, the Shadrach youth retreat. And getting into a room full of people that were praising the Lord. Just saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I was like, this is weird. Are you getting a little clue from the Holy Spirit? that something might need to change in your heart if you think praising the Lord is weird. I know sometimes you'll get into, you know, you might go to a different church, they might do things a little bit differently, and at first you're like, this is a little bit different. But the, the heart, 
you know. Some, sometimes we can get in a place where we're not glad when people say, let's go to the house of the Lord, because something's shifted in us. We've let things come in. The fire is quenched or being quenched or, God forbid, out in our lives for Jesus. And the last thing, our flesh just prickles at the thought of being a bunch, around a bunch of people that are zealous for Jesus. I'm thankful for that situation in my life because it was like a... <laughs> tide turned and I was like okay I, I need to get with it here spiritually and, and God help me you know I think we have to have mercy on people that are relatively new converts don't you yeah. I'd be really interested to know statistically how many people get saved I know it sounds like the textbook situation, doesn't it? Or we think it's the textbook uh, situation and our simplistic way of thinking. Get saved and go up, 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 up like this and never stop. I would, I think there may be people in whom the grace of God has worked like that in their lives. My guess is that that may not be the majority of cases. It's more like the stock market. It does move in a general upward direction, <laughs> but it does this in the process. <laughs> and that um, variance there could be different in anybody's life for a variety of factors, okay? Could be things to do with their past life, could be, I don't even, could be all sorts of reasons for that, but we need to have mercy on people that have, been saved sometime within the last couple of years. I mean, we, we need to have mercy on everybody. Right. <laughs> I'll take some. <laughs> Give me some mercy, please. But <clears throat> we, um, it would be wonderful if people just jumped on the bandwagon and just yeah. kind of like an airplane taking off. Mm-hmm. Or it would be a lot easier for us, wouldn't it? That would be a lot more convenient. If the people that we had to disciple, we just never had to go running around looking for them on our Monday or Tuesday, wondering where, where in the world they were this weekend. Boy, our selfishness can really dress itself up in a lot of spirituality, can it? Judgmentalism and a lack of mercy on people. Um, we need to have mercy on young people in general. Uh, we need to have mercy on middle-aged people and mercy on old people. <laughs> um, but it is one of the reasons why we may not be glad is because um, we may just have lost a little bit of fire. Sometimes as we begin our walk with God, we don't have the wisdom or experience to know what will quench the fire. And we have, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that has to find out the wrong way by making the mistakes and learning from them. Uh, if somebody were to tell me, don't do this, don't do that, you know. So, <clears throat> I'm, it doesn't need, mean to say we need to write people off or, or uh, give up on them. We just need to uh, do what we need to do to be faithful to people in an appropriate way. Say a couple of words here or there. Leave the rest in, in the Lord's 
in their court, the ball in their court, and the Lord's, and pray for them and, and love them. But it may be a reason why people are not glad. When they're said to them, let us go to the house of the Lord. But it is a blessing, as David said, to, to have that structure that God's given us. It's God-given, isn't it? It seems simple. God's like a genius. He's like, okay, part of this Christian walk is that I want you to have to come into the presence of your brothers and sisters in Christ and publicly worship God. That's why I'll never buy this, you don't need to go to church to be a good Christian thing. I'll never buy it. Now, church does not need to look like a building and stuff that doesn't need to look like that, you know. Um, but there are certain basic elements of the gathering of the church of Jesus Christ. And if you remove some of those elements, I would not call it the fullness of a gathering. I mean, he says, there's, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Yeah, fair enough. Jesus can be there. But there's certain elements um, to, to, to a valid assembly of God's people where God's grace is particularly evident that, um, that I would hold as non-negotiables. You can ask me about that later if you want. Lord, there may have been times in all of our lives, times and moments when we weren't glad when they said to us, hey, it's time to go to church. But Lord, we thank you for the overriding work of, our sp of your spirit in our lives that for the most part, Lord, we have indeed been glad. We have been so thankful, God, for the working of your spirit in its particular, in this particular way, specifically in the assembly of the saints. We're glad for it. We're glad for your grace. We're glad for the encouragement. We're glad for the love that we've received, God, from others when we've gathered together with the saints, Lord. And we would just lift up anyone right now, whether they're here, whether they're not here, whether they're somewhere else, that is not glad. Um, who the devil or their own flesh has somehow robbed them of that gladness of coming to worship you with their brothers and sisters in Christ. God, I just pray your great mercy upon them. I pray that your mercy would take the form of a revelation, some kind of gracious act that would just jolt them out of the place that they're in so that they can come home to the fullness of the worship of you that you have bought for them and for yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for, for listening. Bless God.